Welcome to the Talk Marketing Analysis for Life Sciences podcast with Covalent Bonds. I'm your host, Laura Brown, and I am Chief Effectiveness Officer here at Covalent Bonds HQ. In this podcast, we explore marketing and media analysis for life sciences, touching on topics from marketing data to our guests' biggest marketing failures and successes, because it is in learning from others that the magic happens. Hello. We are in unprecedented times. In the context of the coronavirus pandemic, we wanted to bring you a bonus episode that looks at how best to address corporate communications and measurement in this time of crisis. I hope you find this helpful. Please let us know if there are any other topics that you would like us to cover. Sure, I'm Katie Payne, and I'm uh, President and CEO of Payne Publishing and publisher of The Measurement Advisor. Uh, We are focused on helping people measure and evaluate the success of their uh, communications programs. Perfect. Thank you. And Heather, I don't, we've not had you on the podcast before, and uh, you're a long-term collaborator of both Katie's and mine, so if you want to introduce yourself as well for our listeners? Sure. I'm Heather Fish. I am the Insights Director for Covalent Bonds, um, helping take data and turning it into valuable insights for meaningful outcomes. Wonderful. Thank you. And Heather used to work with Katie as well, so has a strong background in PR and comms measurement, which is where we're going to focus today, because obviously it's been a a weird couple of weeks with all of the news coming out around COVID-19. And we wanted to have a bonus episode today where we talk a little bit about crisis management and measurement in this space and I thought there's nobody better than bringing together our our, um, network of specialists. So it's all very strange times at the moment, Katie. Are you seeing um, much of a sort of an uptick in the market for measurement services? Interestingly, no, but that's partly because the the focus right now seems to be, and especially on the forums and stuff that I'm on, is how do we create a plan, right? Mm -hmm. I think that what's happening is, is that this is a crisis unlike any others. Mm -hmm. So nobody really has a map or a plan. And um, what we are seeing is, please share your plan. And there's on the PRSA forum anyway, there's a lot of sharing of plans and a lot of people saying, this is our plan, not sure whether it's perfect or not, but you can, you know, copy it. And is that for the rolling out of the messaging or is that for the actual analysis of it? No, it's, it's really about the messaging because I think what, what's happening is, is that communications folks are filling the gap that mm-hmm. governments and you know, normal authority institutions would fill. But there's so many questions out there um, about you know, how long you stay quarantined or how long you self-isolate and what's going to happen to hourly workers and what's going to happen to temporary workers. So every organization is sort of trying to figure it out and say, what's the, what's the best thing we can do? And I think when you see companies like Microsoft saying, we will pay our contract workers and we will give them sick leave and stuff like that and Patagonia doing the same thing you're seeing leadership mm-hmm. in communications from these organizations but that's really hard to do if you're a medium-sized business-to-business organization that's not used to doing that stuff 
Yeah, absolutely. Let alone those in the hospitality industry hey, who are dealing yeah. with unprecedented pressures. Well, and you're dealing with people, as, as Heather was saying earlier, was the fact that, you know, you're dealing with people who just aren't used to having like crisis communication strategies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No. And you are seeing a lot of small business owners using social media to try to get the word out. Um, just today alone, I've seen um, someone, a friend of mine who runs a, a convention in Maine has postponed his conference, um, restaurants talking about closing or staying open, um, lots of people really just unsure what they need to do and how they need to get the messages out of what they're doing to the people. So what would you guys um, recommend in terms of crisis management from what you've seen if you could just give companies that haven't got a plan in place two or three top tips what would that be uh, sit down just make a decision about what your messages are and then get them out there it's almost better to have for you know have accurate information but it's better to have some information than no information at all, I think, at this point. And that's, you know, the way most corporate lawyers and corporate management thinks is, oh, we can't say anything until we know something. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a theory in crisis communications academia called translucency. And you may not be able to be totally transparent, but being translucent is the next best option, which means this is what we know at the time, right? We can't control the government, the economy, the stock market or anything else, but we control these people and these actions and therefore we're making a decision to do X, Y, and Z. And sure, you, you're gonna say that, you know, the safety of everybody, you know, is important and blah, 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 blah. And everybody is putting out emails saying, you know, we care about your safety. But none of these things are, none of these emails are saying anything very concrete. And what people are desperate for is some concrete word that, yes, you're going to be covered, you're not going to be covered. We're sorry we can do this, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. So it's just about being as honest as you can with the tools you have to hand at this point and then keep communicating. Correct. Now, the, the interesting thing is, is I, the one thing that I have been swimming in is crisis communications research and what works. And we did this amazing test where we tested AI, the use of AI in, in mm -hmm. identifying crisis and how you respond. And it turns out AI is there. You can, in fact, use artificial intelligence to identify the presence of a crisis and you know what to do about it. Um, in a situation like this, um, where we're all victims of a crisis, um, it, basically what you're saying is, is we care about you, here's what we're doing, and this is as much as we know at the time, as opposed to you know, apologizing or, or being self-effacing or all those other things that you might want to do in a different kind of crisis. No, you don't have to do all that stuff. What you really need to do right now is to say, this is what we know. Mm -hmm. So 
Obviously, we're all um, specialists in measurement as well as the actual crisis comms part. So are people thinking about measurement yet or should they be thinking about measurement yet? Yes, they are. I have had been reached out um, for monitoring of specific COVID-19 in specific areas of the country, um, states, depending on what's going on to evaluate certain things, you know, to make sure that um, they're basically an, like an industry type overview of monitoring, just to make sure that they're um, seeing what's out there and also um, what they're using, you know, some of those things, some of those takeaways they're finding to help with their communications as well. So are they mainly using it to monitor general messages and trends in the market or to measure the impact of their communications in the market? Right now, it's more focused on what's going on in the industry, like an industry type monitoring, um, looking to see, you know, what the media is saying, how it's impacting their business, um, and also using that information to help decide what to do. You know, as Katie was saying, lots of people are just kind of trying to figure out at this point what to do. So mm -hmm. by monitoring the space, they're able to um, also see what other companies are doing or putting out there and kind of having some examples of what to do as well. Okay. And if a company hasn't started doing that, what would be your advice? advice to where they should start if they've got their first communications out they're now starting to take a breath what would be your recommendations around getting measurement in place my my feeling would be go back as far as you possibly can i don't know how far your you know the average system goes these days but it didn't used to go back much more than about three months but if you can go back in time three months so you have a benchmark and you know whether there really is an uptick in discussion or whether the, the news is getting worse or better. You mm -hmm. can't just start today. You have to go back in time so that you understand in the context of your average coverage, whether this is better or worse. And that's, you know, that's the biggest problem. Everybody says, oh my God, I need to monitor it. Heather, please turn this on immediately. That's not terribly effective. So what would be your advice on how they practically actually do that? I'll turn that over to Heather. <laughs> so basically what you do is you have to go back, as Katie's saying, you have to go back before the crisis started so that you get a, a, her benchmark of coverage before the crisis and kind of see where your brand or your, your messaging was at prior to crisis and then monitor through the crisis to see how it comes through. Um, is it escalated? Is it, um, depending on what, you know, depending on what your business is, it's gonna, hospitality like Disney, like if we look at Disney, Disney closed, they would have to go back and see what were their mentions of Disney before the crisis versus their announcement, seeing a spike. I'm sure the announcement generated a huge spike. And what was the sentiment of that? How did people take it? Did they take it? you know, in a positive light or were they really upset at their decision and kind of looking at how um, their communi communications um, were received as well as how effective they were.
So should companies um, plan in advance what messages they're going to look at and measure those over time, or should they look at what messages emerge in their coverage and then look at that? Good question. I think it's twofold. I think you have to do both. I think that, I mean, I think that once you've decided on your message, and assuming it's relatively new and, you know, a message tailored to this particular crisis, um, you obviously want to see whether that's getting picked up and how long it takes to get that picked up and all the rest of that stuff. But you also need to know what else is out there. And, and this mm -hmm. is the hardest thing, especially if you're in a competitive industry, right? I mean, if, if you've got, you know, three or four competitors who are all sort of in the same boat you are, you really need to see what they're saying, what the sentiment is about them um, versus you. I mean, ideally you, you would want to know because, I mean, just take a, a practical thing. So if you knew that on average you, you had 5% positive coverage and 1% negative coverage for the last three months, right? And mm -hmm. that's kind of on par for your industry. If all of a sudden your negatives go up to like six um, or your competitors' negatives go up to six, you want to know that because A, there's something called a spillover effect, which means that, frankly, if their negatives go up, yours are probably going to go up sooner or later because people are going to start talking about you um, and, and talk about whether they're, you know, how you compare to them. But you need to have that benchmark um, and the comparison with your competitors if you want to know how you're doing and whether your crisis management is, is, is working or not. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's a really good point because everybody's putting out so many communications right yep. now. Share of voice mes messaging is going to be critical and benchmarking against the competitors. Do you have any advice about how companies would go about doing that if they've not done that before? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think the big thing is, is the fact that you need to sound more empathetic <laughs> and and more sensitive than your rivals. Mm -hmm. um, and so what you basically have to do, and this is, I saw a brilliant, brilliant research report on actually using um, uh, 360 video to, to, to put people in your shoes, right? This happened to be a military exercise, but it, it was a, a research paper, but they literally, you know, created a video where you could be in the shoes of the people who were in the middle of the crisis. That kind of out-of-the-box thinking that can promote things like empathy and honesty and, 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 and trust, um, that's what you need to do. And if your competitor does it first, you mm -hmm. got to be even more creative. Yeah, and, and that's really important because I've seen a plethora of the same worded emails going exactly. out. Exactly. And you, be, you become blind to it. It means yeah. nothing. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. I think everybody got the message that they have to put an email out saying they care about their customers. The problem, <laughs> the problem is they're all sending the same damn email out, so it's not having an impact. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I can't read 500 words to figure out the 10 words that make my hairdresser different from my physical therapist, you know? Mm -hmm. it's all the same, it's all the same emails. Exactly. So 
Obviously, one of the biggest roles of PR and corp comms is keeping the bad news out of the media. In this space, how would you go about advising them to measure the crisis avoided so that they can actually prove some of the impact of what they've been doing? First of all, you get in this environment, you kind of have to have agreement on what the negatives are, right? I mean, what don't you want people to say about you? And that's the hardest part sometimes is the fact that, you know, sitting your senior executives down in a room and saying, okay, what's your worst nightmare? Mm-hmm. that's sometimes hard to get them to articulate, but that's kind of where you start. And then Heather, I mean, I think you sort of agree, you start looking for that worst nightmare. Yep. Um, if it happens to your competition and doesn't happen to you, that's a nice little chart you can show them. If it doesn't happen at all, that's also important to show them. But again, you have to show where things were before and where things are now. I mean, again, if you go back to your, if it was 3% negative before and it's 3% negative today, that's a victory. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we've talked about the need to be authentic and authoritative. So people really get your empathy. How do um, these PR and court comms teams really embrace that authentic message rather than appearing um, exploitative? And how can you use measurement to help with that? In an ideal world, you would, you get into the heads and the shoes and the, you know, walk in the footsteps of your, of your customers, of your target audiences, whoever they happen to be. I mean, I think that that's, what people forget when they're sitting in a boardroom and it's all about them and it's certainly all about the egos of their leadership because unfortunately that's the way it is but Mm -hmm. if you can do a quick survey on on you know google forms or whatever get some sense of how your customers are feeling what their points of pain are and then you talk to them about their points of pain they're going to listen. If you sound empathetic because you've actually done some research and you know how they're feeling, that's the most effective thing you can do, um, I think. I mean, authenticity, there is, believe it or not, an authenticity scale, brand authenticity scale. It's a really complicated thing to look at, but um, I tried to read the 55-page research paper, and um and, and, you know, boil it down. But the point is, is the fact that it's all about listening to your audiences, listening to your stakeholders. And that just comes back to marketing and PR 101. Yeah. And yeah. so many people still think that they know them, but they're doing that based on assumption. And everyone knows that we bang on about this all the time. Make your decisions on what your message is going to be and what you're going to do based on fact, not assumption. Research and data is critical. I, th- I think one of the beauties of all being in this crisis together, right, whether it's, you know, everybody's got, not everybody's got parents, but everybody knows somebody elderly. Everybody's got, knows somebody with kids in school, even if you don't have kids in school. Everybody knows teachers, frontline workers, waitresses, whatever. Um, and we are sort of all being human right now. And I think that that's something that 
if you, you know, kind of take that into your discussions with senior leadership and say, hey, look at this is a humanitarian thing. We have a lot in common with, you know, people stuck in their homes in Italy. Um, mm -hmm. We have a lot in common with people, you know, stuck in their nursing homes and wherever. I mean, it's, we're all kind of faced with somewhat similar things. And I think if you can kind of bring out the humanity in you, I mean, I think that's where, where both, sorry, where both, um, um, where both um, Microsoft and Patagonia, I think, did it right, which mm -hmm. is they sounded like human beings. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the real voice, definitely. So larger companies understand the importance of being visible and understand the importance of putting budgets behind being visible in times like this. But it's obviously there's uncertain economic times ahead and maybe medium and smaller companies are starting to think about uh, making budget cuts for the future. What would you guys say to them who are thinking of potentially cutting their PR and marketing budgets going forward? Measurement, measurement, measurement. That's not what's not working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't cut it off completely. <laughs> Find out what's working, what's not working, and, you know, adjust. Be exactly. More... It's all about... Sorry, Heather, carry on. No, I was going to say, just, you know, be more proactive in finding out what you're doing that's working and do more of that. Don't cut it off, because if you cut it off, then you basically are not no longer communicating with your potential customer's audience and then, and then what? You just leave them in the dark. But I don't think that's the right, the right route to go either. I think also one, of, one of the things that I'm noticing is that there's a lot of automated stuff out there. Mm -hmm. The automated emails that go out if you don't click on something or the automated things that are going out via email to whoever it is on your list that you, you've decided to track and and there's a lot of automated social stuff and automated emails on you know ads that have been booked for months the first place to look at is all of that there's a lot of research that says in the midst of a crisis don't advertise don't draw more attention to yourself because if you're sitting there i mean the idiocy of delta airlines saying you know book now and get a discount on a cruise mm-hmm no, this is a really bad idea. Air, you know, airlines that are cutting 40% of their, their flights and saying, you know, book now. I mean, yeah, book now for maybe next year. But, mm -hmm. you know, book in the next few weeks or use your points or do. It's like, guys, can we rethink this stuff? I mean, the first thing I would do is look at every single dollar I'm spending, every single planned communication utterance of whatever it happens to be, shut that all down, look at what's worked in the past in a crisis, not in March, but let's look at what's worked in crises in the past, let's look at the literature about what's worked in the past and not worked in the past. I mean, AT&T did a brilliant study 30 years ago now that basically said, 
in a crisis that is in, is is affecting your competitors, you're mm -hmm. going to get slammed if you advertise. So shut that stuff down. You mm -hmm. know, shut it all down. Figure out what's working and then turn it back on again one at a time based on what's working. And if you don't know what's working, um, test your assumptions. Figure out what might work or what might not work. It's not that hard to do a little bit of a test to figure out whether people are going to be responsive to what you want to say. Exactly. And now that we've got the ability to do those A-B testing and just change one variable and see the results, we have a plethora of data that enables us to do this. There is no excuse for just blanketing out. Yeah. So for companies that are sold now, from listening to this podcast, they go, okay, great, we need to be doing measurement. Where do they start beyond benchmarking? Like literally they go, okay, today, we know we need this. We want to go and sell this to our C-suite. What do they need to do to be able to go in and sell this? Good question. Heather, what would you do? I'm thinking on it. I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky subject. So you've got to um, show that, you know, back it with data, show that your results are proven. Um, and really just have confidence in what you're presenting. And, um, you know, if you have confidence, the higher ups are going to see that you've really prepared and are knowledgeable about what you want to do and how you want to do it. Um, so they're more likely to give you at least some budget to do some of the things on your list. Mm -hmm. I would start with what do you hope to get out of this? Right. I mean, in other words, if you're a B2B company right now, you're probably just trying to make your stakeholders happier and relaxed and not flee. Um, if you're a consumer facing company and you don't have an online price, you know, presence or an online option, I don't know what you do, but you know, if you, would you, what you have to do is say, okay, what's the goal? Is our goal to stop the bleeding? Is it to keep employees? Is it to keep employees safe? Is it to increase trust in our brand? They've got to start with articulating a very specific hope for how you would like your crisis management to end up. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it might be just as simple as please don't bring up any bad crises from our past, right? I mean, you know, watching the debate last night, I'm like, can we stop talking about stuff that happened 30 years ago when most of the people who were trying to reach weren't born? Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's just don't bring up bad stuff from the past. Maybe it's let's not lose too much money or too much market share. Um, maybe it's like, let's not lose too many employees. Um, whatever that goal is, start there. I mean, I would say, call me, I'll walk you through realistic goals. <laughs> and, and, and for each one of those goals, I got, I got a metric for that, right? I can, I can put a measurement plan in place with stuff like that. But unless you're fairly clear about where you want to end up, it's, it's probably not 
going to work out real well. You know, you really have to take people down and say, where do you really realistically hope to end up? And, kick, and if possible, kick the lawyers out of the room. <laughs> I agree. And I, I'm just going to add to that for our listeners that in a time of crisis like this, bring in experts because you don't want to be fudging around, wasting time while you learn how to do it. You just want to get on, implement something and get the results as quickly as possible. So if you need measurement strategy, contact us and we'll put you in touch with Katie to talk about that. If you already have your strategy in place and you want to do the actual measurements, then Heather is the lady that you need to be speaking to and you need to be doing it quick. So give us a shout if you've got questions or you need any help. Absolutely. So guys, I'm going to wrap this up now. Is there any final thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners? Apart from stay safe and stay sane. Let me, let me just say that in a, in a time of risk, right? Not to be the academic guru here, but what people need to remember is if you want, for example, if you want your employees to stay safe, right? If you, whatever it is, whoever you're trying to reach with whatever kind of crisis message, you need four elements, right? They have to trust the source of the information, right? So they have to trust you or whatever source you're putting out there. And if all they trust is the New York Times or Fox News, then you're going to have to be on the New York Times or Fox News. So they have to trust the source of the information. They have to trust that they can do that information, right? If you want them to behave in a particular way, Mm -hmm. They have to be able to do that, right? So if it's stay safe and stay at home, and I don't have a home, I'm not going to do that, right? So whatever it is you, you want them to do, they need to be able to do it, and they need to believe that they can do it. And then the third piece is they need to understand that whatever you're tra- telling them is going to take keep them safe, right? So if, you know, going to get tested isn't possible, and they're not going to don't they're not going to believe that they're going to go out there and can do that and it will keep them safe. So those are the three things about crisis and risk communications you have to keep in mind that trust is a super important element and it's it's multifaceted. They have to trust their ability to do it, their source of the information and the fact that it will keep them safe. Wonderful. Thank you. Heather any last thoughts? Um, just keep working together. I mean, crisis times lead to all kinds of crazy, but you know, as we stay together as a community, um, work hard and, um, keep measuring. We'll eventually get to the other the light at the end of the tunnel and, um, be better off for it. Wonderful ladies. Thank you so much for your time. And, um, we will be in touch.